you know, everyone touts that like, oh, it's schemaless. You can you can put whatever you want in there. It simplifies things, and and yep. it's like, yeah, kind of, but no, because <laughs> yes, be- it does. No, no, no. I mean, it, not a hundred percent does. Not according to Martin Fowler. I mean, it does. This is, though, a meme. This, this is Martin Fowler. No, in so, this particular case, it does. There's nothing. There's no disadvantage I, to. I, I'm not talking about your specific use okay, case. So I'm what talking overall? about no SQL in general. Welcome to Developers Hangout, a podcast for developers by developers, a place where we get together as often as possible and discuss a wide range of topics from the books we're reading to latest news and commentary on other tech podcasts. I am Nathan Kirschbaum, and joining me is... Alfred Nutilli. Hey, Al. How you doing? Uh, doing fine. Uh, recovering from the holidays. Yeah. Happy Turkey Day. How, how was it for you? Uh, like we both said, as, as, as introverts, uh, those things <laughs> can be kind of wearing. Yeah. So. Oh, man. I think I played. Uh, my girlfriend really likes board games. I do too. Yeah. But uh, I, yeah. oh god, I probably paid four or five board games. It's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that could be a good way to get out of all the, uh, you know, other socializing things. Yeah. No, it was fun, and I even like. I think it's funny because I don't usually sit at the uh, kitchen table as long as I sit at my desk. And of course, we have the standing desks. Oh, yeah. And but I, but it gave me an idea. I was like, huh, like I really want to. I, I want to turn my dining room table into a standing desk. Like I want to make it so that I can press a button and have it raise. Oh, yeah. uh, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. So I'm looking into that. <laughs> anyway, uh, I digress. Before we, before we get too far into things, though, I do just want to mention um, our sponsor this week, uh, PHP Architect. Uh, if you don't know them, uh, PHP Architect has been published continuously since 2002. Uh, the magazine is the only technical journal dedicated exclusively to the world of PHP. Um, you can find them at phparc.com. Uh, you can see they have actually got some some um, some Black Friday deals uh, on some of their uh, books and training. Um, and, of course, and you've got the magazine as well. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about that. I think, Al, uh, we received their latest, uh, well, I think their last <laughs> month, <laughs> November. Their November um, – uh, uh, yeah. What do we what do you call us? November release, the issue. issue, right? Magazine issue, um, and so we'll talk about that momentarily. Yeah, man, it's hard to believe November's over. I know it, it flew by. Yeah. Well, I think things get so crazy yeah. at work towards the end of the end of the yeah, year that yeah. like things just you know people. I think it's like people's budgets or something. Like it's just yeah. a lot of work. Yeah. So it's true. Yeah. Anyway, let's um let's right, uh, let's, jump, let's in, just yeah. jump in. Yeah. So like uh, Nathan said, PHP Arc latest issue is out or has been out. And one of the articles I thought was interesting was RabbitMQ. Uh, it was a good intro to how simple uh, microservices could be. And I know the microservice term is getting a lot of anti-buzz. Um, but again, it's just simplifies, simplifying um, some of the the structures you might have for your applications uh, so that maybe in seeing, instead of seeing it as one application, you just make little ones that don't have to be that complex. Um, it could just be one uh, application sitting there grabbing things off the queue for sending off emails or whatever that is. Uh, so it was a good look at RabbitMQ for that. And did you find that, was there any interesting distinguishments between RabbitMQ and like Iron, for example? 
Well, I think Iron uh, brings to the table some of the things that Rabbit is doing uh, or has been doing. And um, uh, so as a message broker, I think they can both do about the same things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't notice in the article if there was a pushing aspect to it. Um, but actually realized the pushing thing was uh, not necessarily the best thing for us because of the overloading of the uh, client that was getting pushed to. Right. So when um, you say pushing, you mean basically like subscribing yeah. a callback URL to the queue yeah. so that anytime. And it, we could have handled yeah. that better. But in the end, I felt like, I don't know. I just didn't realize how easy it was to uh, deal with pull uh, for those reasons. You know? Right. So, right. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, makes sense. So RabbitMQ, like over AWS, for example, oh, yeah. like just regular queues, um, it just kind of offers you like a nicer interface and some yeah. some additional a- analytics, perhaps that you would take yeah. you some work to get in uh, in AWS. Is that is that the idea? No, it's a good point. Um, I don't know if if that's true, but I don't know either one well enough to say yes or no. I think the main point of the article wasn't maybe so much the pros and cons of Rabbit as much as the pros and cons of this design pattern. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. And how to simply put it together to see it working. Cool. Um, it's a really good question, though. We're, why, why rabbit over what we're doing? Because we're trying to focus uh, so much on AWS for a lot of reasons. Right. So. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to bring up a a movie. I, I can't remember how I stumbled across this. It's been around for a while. There's a, there's a, it's basically a YouTube video series by Derek Sivers uh, called Uncommon Sense. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, Derek is the uh, f- creator and founder of CD Baby, um, which I think. Oh, jeez. Oh, it's re- it's really cool though. Like he's uh, he's no, a bit, it was he's brilliant a... in the day, but yeah. Well, I mean, like you know, he tells the whole story. It's fascinating. There's like it's like six or seven videos. Each one is like ten minutes. So you know, it's maybe like an hour, hour and a half. Um, but he talks about his business and why he did some of the things he did. Uh, and it's, and there's a lot of like truths and techniques that, you know, that, you know, we should definitely be thinking about, um, today, you know, like, um, yeah, one of the things he said, I think that, that I really liked was he said, um, if you're not embarrassed by your first version, you're not, you're launching too late, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, and, and, and like, that's really helpful for people like me who are kind of like, I can easily get fixated on the details, uh, and not like just get it out there to see if people are going to use it. Um, you know, um, did you you get your product out there? Yeah, it's out there. I haven't, I actually, yeah, it is out there. So (laughs) So it's a good, good lesson learned. Yeah, yeah. no. And, and, um, and that was very helpful. I actually got some early feedback and made, um, you know, made some, um, made some some nice changes there that i think are really helpful there's still a ways to go but you know yeah. um yeah i guess i should mention it since since we've now brought it up if so if you want if you want does that make sense to mention it yes yeah <laughs> so 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 yeah i just put a little uh project together it's called repo man it's uh at repo man.io you can check it out it basically allows you to um it integrates with github and any server to uh let you do git based uh, deployment. So, you know, this is, you know, this is for people who, you know, if you're a big enterprise, you work with enterprise, you might, you might already be using, you know, a number of, there's a number of companies that do similar types of things. Um, 
you know, that help you do deployments. Um, but this is for folks who like, you know, part of the reason I made it is because for so long, so many years, like I really wanted to just do like the, the $7 GitHub plan for private repositories. And I didn't want to have to set up custom scripts and custom deployment every time I wanted to like do automated deployments for my non-production branches. I basically just wanted to be able to like, Hey, when I push to stage, I want it to automatically deploy, you know, and there are others who have stuff like this Heroku and Beanstalk and all that. There's a, there are a bunch of companies that do this, but they're all expensive. So, you know, that usually includes a bunch of other stuff that I don't need and it's 15 or 25 or $30 a month. Um, so this is just stupid, simple. It's just integrates very easily. And, you know, the basic plan starts at free. If you're just using one site, you can use it for free. Um, and you know, it's very reasonable above that for, four bucks. Uh, you know, so that, and my idea there was, Hey, with the seven, the seven plus the four, you know, people can, people are freelancers or just have small side projects and don't want to, don't want to spend that kind of money, um, can just do it. Uh, so check it out. And when you get a chance, but, um, but yeah, no, the, 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 the stuff from, from Derek totally plays into that, um, in, you know, and in just in thinking about like, well, what's the best way to, uh, to think about this product or other product ideas that we have over time. Uh, so I really enjoyed it and he does, they, they do some interesting things as a company. Uh, and it was just really fun to watch. So yeah, I'll be checking that out. Yeah. I don't want to go there now cause it will start playing. Right. Right. Noise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they do I, cool stuff. Like one of the things that he does in his business, just to mention yeah, it, like, yeah. uh, it, uh, he, so, so one, you know, when, 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 uh, when someone sets up, so this is a CD, uh, store for independent artists. Like you don't have to have oh, yeah. a contract with a major company or anything. So basically you can call this, you know, you can call this guy up and he'll, or this company and they'll, as long as you have the CDs, they'll sell your CDs. Uh, and just, it's a flat fee and it's reasonable. Um, and that's how they started. And of course this was in yeah. the early nineties. So it was <laughs> yeah, a big a deal, you know, it basically, one of the first major online retailers and and even uh i think he sold in 2007 he sold the business for i think 22 million dollars nice um Jeez. and i think he actually donated all of it to charity which is pretty wild he, no. he's actually very successful in other ways wow. he's a musician uh and a businessman anyway you, you can find more about it but like one of the things that is really cool he just does a lot of he just thinks in a, in a lot of non-traditional ways. Like, so when people wanted to like, when they would first upload, he was doing everything manually. Literally everything was being like, when someone submitted an order, it was sending him an email with all the information. And then he was figuring out how, what to do with it and how to manage it manually. Um, and setting the website up for each artist was actually, a, you know, it took a little bit of work. So when people called back and wanted him to change it, uh, instead of like, instead of charging him a setup fee or whatever, he would have them deliver a pizza to his, his shop, you know, he's like, all right, I'll change it if you want. But you know, here's, here's, a, here's the, here's the name of a pizza place. Uh, they know what kind of pizza we like just send us a pizza and we'll update it for you. And that yeah. kind of stuff got him like, you know, vir- essentially viral attention. Yeah, I mean, back in the day it wasn't, you know, it yeah. wasn't we don't have viral, didn't have viral then the way we do now, but, um, it was really cool. So anyway, I digress. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, no, just looking at the Wikipedia page on it. It's interesting. It's yeah. interesting to watch an older, um, you know, it's a success. It worked. It, it made it as far as it made it, it made, had to make it, you know? Right. Um, all right. So ThoughtWorks Radar came out. I don't think I mentioned this in the last podcast cause it was so long ago. I can't remember the last podcast. Um, but the radar is just a, a an amazing thing to read. Uh, it just shows you some of the uh, upcoming stuff, the things that you should be doing now and some of the things you should hold on. Um, and I think they do it twice a year so, uh, or maybe more, 
But basically, uh, I can't say enough about keeping an eye on this. A uh, few of the topics there, consumer-driven contracts, is hitting. it hit us recently on an API we're using the login, and they changed the API, but they didn't realize as a consumer we, we were assuming something else, and it changed. So uh, another thing they mentioned is decoupling deployment from release, which is something we're trying to do now as we move forward into 2016 um, in, in our team. Uh, and then threat modeling, another interesting topic on how to uh, assess what you really should do to protect your site. And if you should at all, maybe it just doesn't matter, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a great uh, collection by ThoughtWorks of what, what to really start thinking about and what to hold on. I, I just, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it was really good. For those of you who haven't heard of it or seen the, the, the chart, they put up, they put out a big chart and, and you can, um, you know, it looks like a radar. Uh, yeah. and you can, you can basically see the different technologies and how, um, you know, how they're becoming more or less popular. And so it's basically a way to, you know, it's not scientific, but to try to, to keep your eye yeah. out there on like what, what is trending and what is, what, what as a business, or a business person, you should be thinking about or recommending to try yeah. not to waste time and money on on i on ideas that um, or, or or products that are um, or technology that are either falling to the wayside or you know a little bit too early to to start yeah. to start using. Um, what an interesting company too that they they spend time on this. It really shows that. Uh, they're staying ahead of the trends and instead of getting comfortable and like, hey, we do Ruby on Rails or Drupal or whatever, they're like, no, we do what's best for the customer. Yeah. Uh, and, and we want to know what's best. Yeah. So they must, be, I don't know how big of a company they are. They must be pretty big at this point. I mean, they have some, just some <clears throat> killer folks working for them. Exactly. Uh, and I, and I see like, Pretty amazing articles from them, yeah, two or three yeah. times a week. So <laughs> yeah, we could do a whole podcast around them. Yeah, yeah, they might have a podcast. I think it's called Bike Shed. I can't. Oh, remember. really? Yeah. yeah, cool. But um, yeah, so definitely look interested in lo- learning more about those as we progress. We, in fact, we'll probably do a podcast de- oh, dedicated yeah. at point. least. I mean, I know we. So we've been ramping up for the last. I don't know, a month or two on um, the de- decoupling deployment from release and, and like the different yeah. strategies. And we're, we're in the process of, we're in the planning process now of, um, uh, of, of, you know, ro- rolling out a, a transition across our teams that'll, that'll essentially do trunk based deployment and make things a lot, a lot easier for us uh, and more efficient. I think that, you know, there's some investment in that, but, but it's going to work out well. So I'm sure we'll do a, um, I'm sure we'll do a podcast on that and, yeah. and maybe on a, a couple of these others too. I hadn't heard of thro- uh, threat modeling, so that'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. So another one I wanted to bring up, an article by um, <clears throat> Mike Leach, and this is on Facebook. Um, it's called Plans Are Worthless, But Planning Is Everything. Um, and this one struck me. It's kind of a – it's not – like there's not a lot of substance to this. Uh, it's decent though. Uh, it's a little short article. Um, but I, what I really liked about it is is kind of like – I don't know. In my various um, – in my various experiences as a developer, I, I've I run into folks, and there there are, there's kind of like a spectrum in terms of the amount of planning or the usefulness of planning um, that is needed in various contexts, um, and that's hard to get into because it really depends on what you're talking about. I I think I I lean more on like I really want to plan this thing out quite <laughs> yeah. you know not all the details but but at least on an architecture level. Um, I want I want things kind of like f- pretty planned out before I start developing. Uh, other folks on the team would would rather have like some little bit of planning, but really want to figure you know eighty eighty percent out 
while they're developing. Um, and so it, I just thought it was really interesting because, um, you know, and one of the arguments I hear a lot from folks uh, is that, you know, well, we create these elaborate plans and then we never come back to them. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's true or not, because I, I do end up going back to database diagrams and things like that a lot. Um, but uh, even if we didn't, um, this is kind of a, an interesting take on that. And it's based off of a famous quote um, by, I think it's... Um, I forget who it was. Oh, oh, Dwight D. Eisenhower. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he says plans are worthless, but planning is everything. So this developer goes into in this article we're linking to kind of goes into detail on that. Um, but I think there's a lot there's there's a lot to it. Um, and and the, the if I can boil it down, the gist of it is that, um, you know, there's a lot. So I guess to the extent that there's similarities between war or military action and development, it is that um you don't really know what's going to happen until you're there and you're doing it. Um, to some degree you do, but you know, you have ideas about what could happen or the way you probably want to do something or the way you'd probably want to react in certain situations. But the truth is until you get there, until you're writing the code, um, you know, things aren't, it's not, it's not real. It's not, it's, it's, it's kind of all theoretical. Um, and oftentimes, as uh, you know, and I think this is where there's some parallels. Uh, there, things happen when you get when you actually get to it. When you get down mm-hmm. to it, uh, things are a bit different. There are things that you know you didn't. Things don't happen the way you expect you plan them to. Uh, you didn't realize you know X, Y, and Z, and so you need to change the plan. And so the idea here, though, is that um, you're actually better informed and better able to make those changes when you already have a plan, even when that plan is no longer good. So, uh, you know, the point is just having the plan, um, is really important. Even if it, even if you don't actually use the plan or, uh, end up executing it to the T. I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a good reminder. It's, it's a funny balance, all this planning. Uh, especially when you try and think agile, it, it, it's interesting the balance there. I'm not sure how to do it yet. Yeah, um, yeah, we're still working it out. I mean, the thing, <laughs> like the thing I do get from folks sometimes is like, you know, is that agile thing? And and I don't think agile was ever meant to say like there shouldn't be plan. Yeah, there shouldn't be planning. Yeah. Um, so you're right. It's just finding that balance. Yeah, just how far in the future to plan. Mm-hmm. Um. So, all right, the next one, uh, just jobsignal.io. I don't know how I got there, but um, one of the posts there was about Ansible's growth. Uh, Ansible is a, is a nice way to help deploy servers and other things. Um, mm-hmm. that, and it's, it's very simplistic, but uh, it gives you a lot of the pre-built stuff you need, um, like installing packages, setting up cron, uh, supervisor D, all that stuff you need to do on a server. That's cool. Uh, and it's all on a YAML file, which, you know, I don't like YAML, but at least I didn't have to dig too deep in the Python skills I don't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that was nice. And, and the article just shows the huge growth with this particular thing. I guess Red Hat just bought the Ansible uh, company. Mm-hmm. Uh, so How come you don't helps. like YAML, by the way? Uh, <laughs> uh, it's just a little bit too picky about spaces and tabs. I get kind of annoyed. Uh, yeah. I'd rather use JSON. Yeah, um, that makes sense. So, uh, yeah, I mean, using BHAT, we deal with YAML a lot, and I just never have really liked the way it looks. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, just a, just a good, an interesting look at Ansible. That's cool. I'll have to look at that. I know there are, there are a few people on the larger team, I think, who, right, right. who are real big fans, or at least they use it a lot. And um, yeah, I think even for some 
uh, yeah, for various kinds of automation. So that, so yeah, it's uh, cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So a couple, a couple things I just want to, we're about to jump into the next section. Um, but I wanted to just mention a couple of things in passing. I don't want, I, um, uh, I won't speak much about it cause this, I don't want the news uh, to go too long, but, um, a couple links. One is, um, PHP standards recommendations. So I know for me and for a long time, it's been hard to understand PHP fig, what's going on, who's doing it. So, uh, we'll include this link that is just kind of a cool webpage that, yeah. uh, details what, what, what everything that's going on, who's responsible, what the next step is. It's kind of cool. Um, yeah, it looks, like, looks like an interesting site. Yeah, yeah. And um, the next, the, the last thing I just wanted to mention to close out this session is um, uh, there's an article failing, <clears throat> excuse me, failing at microservices. And this microservice is something we've been talking about a lot um, yeah. over the last year. And there's not, you know, uh, there's there's nothing like uh, too mind blowing in this. But one one of the things that I did like a lot of it was some of the stuff we talked about before. Some of the some of the typical problems that come with microservices, but one interesting thing here, and I, we could actually talk about a bunch about this, but I, I'll try to avoid it. But um, the uh, a lot of the issues that this developer ran into had to do with the team, uh, and kind of a lot of it seemed to be more people issues than it were like technology issues or um, or you know. Uh, strategy slash um architecture issues it was more like the right you know that he had some people on this uh that weren't convinced of the micro yeah. microservices way um and that introduced a number of problems that um you know that ultimately made it the project kind of a failure um yeah. Yeah. so that was interesting to hear him talk about um you know, we don't seems seems like you can uh, find a microservice fail blog every day. <laughs> post. Yeah, that's true. But I like so, yeah. yeah. I it's interesting though because I it's like uh, I I like them because I want to see what other people are doing and yeah. I, you know like we've been working on microservices for a while now, but um, and we had a lot of issues. We, we had a lot of from. issues, and I and like. I'm not convinced they're over yet. Like obviously, our product no. is in production; it's working well, yeah. but. You know, as our team grows and as, uh, you know, like just making sure that like the, the barrier, you know, be, because this is a, this is a service that we maintain internally and multiple, uh, it's used by multiple different sources that do different things. And, you know, it's like, there's a lot to think about and a lot to do to like kind of maintain, uh, to maintain it over time, if that's the plan. Um, and so, yeah, I find this stuff pretty useful to think, to think about these, these kind of problems that folks have had. Yeah, no, it's it's good to learn from other people's mistakes um, as you dig into it. Um, I, I mean, it's yeah, it would be interesting. I mean, we should cover microservices later on and and, and uh, give you know a, a kind of look at how, how it's been going for us because um, mm-hmm. it you know it, you can take it at different levels. Yeah, that um, would be fun. All right, so uh, let's head into latest readings. Uh, I have no latest readings. I've been <laughs> playing Destiny way too much. So. Uh, sounds fun. I think I might join. You I need might to. join you in that. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, for reading for me, I'm just about to. Uh, so I'm just about to start continuous delivery. Uh, oh by, yeah, that by was really Humble. good. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and that should be fun. Um, are I we going to do that as a book? Uh, yeah, club? I'd love to. And I, you know, it's just a matter of getting, yeah, well, I guess as long as you and I want to do it, that sounds good. We'll do like a book club thing. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and that'll be fun. So, um, yeah, I think that's it for reading. I mean, it's been a light week with the holidays and all that. Yeah. All right, well, let's head into the main topic to discuss, an introduction to NoSQL by Martin Fowler. It's a YouTube video. I really like these YouTube videos we're doing because it forces me to sit back and learn. Um, But also, it's like I said, it's like a meta moment where we're just learning from the content that's already out there instead of adding new content for people to digest. Right. Um, So, yeah. Um, so you, let's, let's kick it off. I mean, one thing I really enjoyed was the history he talked about NoSQL and how it got its name. Right. Um, that was really neat. Um, that it was just a hashtag on Twitter to help the particular group, uh, organize some of their information about the group, uh, right. that was meeting about, uh, about it. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. So that's, that's very interesting how it wasn't even intended to be, you know, now no. everyone calls NoSQL, NoSQL, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, just a funny little thing there. Yeah. Um, I guess so. Before we dive into the details, like um, <clears throat> what, what I guess you know, what, for me, one of the things that <clears throat> that was really refreshing about this video is, uh, even though I've worked with NoSQL databases before, I really yeah. didn't, I really didn't understand the history of it. But I also, <clears throat> excuse me, don't uh, didn't understand why, like w- what the technical differences are, or what are some of the reasons why you would choose. Um, you know, no SQL over SQL, for example. And, you know, I like uh, there's stuff out there. Like, it's like, oh, it's a lot faster or, you know, and, but I, well, like, what does that really mean? It's a lot faster. Like what, what is, is it always a lot faster? Like what is the up, what are the ups and downs of that? And, you know, of mm-hmm. course the answer is, well, no, it's not always a lot faster. Uh, it often is. Um, but you know, it's, you know, cause you're, you're operating from some, from like in memory, um, and the, the, the kind of like, uh, t- typically, the database uh, store uh, uh, storage and queries are n- are not uh, as time consuming as they can yeah, be. Yeah, and it, it allowed you to to uh, store your data on different servers, right. And more easily go big, right? And I think that's the big thing, right? So, like when I, I think one the, of them, yeah, y- yeah. I mean, we, we should try to we should try to pinpoint what they are, but I think like uh, ultimately, you know, well, first of all, you have to you have to kind of like ask, well, why. Why did we move? You know, why are people moving on from NoSQL? Like, why isn't SQL working? Because frankly, like, uh, or or yeah, right, like uh, MySQL is pretty. Um, like, ha- having worked with both now, MySQL and um, uh, a NoSQL database, um, I can tell you that for dealing with like unexpected things or unexpected relationships, like MySQL is a walk in the park. Um, it, you know, if you need to start making relationships or doing kind of advanced queries using yeah. um, NoSQL, uh, depending on the kind of NoSQL you're using, it, it, it's doable. It's, it's very doable, but it's, it can be yeah. messy. It can be quite messy. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, you're so. mostly talking about DynamoDB, uh, which I think he said was a key value type uh, system. Um, yeah, so. I don't. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know if he's. I don't remember saying that, but yeah, it, it, it's funny. It's either key value or a document. Um, yeah. da- document data, I, but it, they're so close. The two of them, you're probably right. It probably is key value. Yeah, like um, you mentioned, they're so close. It's they it's are not so much the focus. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. Um, yeah, that's true. No, it, it, that's one of the the cons is is I didn't know how to deal with those moments. Like one thing, um, so we we tend to, tend to do a lot of Laravel work, and one thing with Laravel is you get this. 
this nice active record object-oriented approach to the database. Um, but one thing for sure is is that um, it, it's uh, so we get a lot out of that. But like, how was I going to say? So basically, it seems sometimes hard to um, to to adjust to change to to this. And uh, as far as the relationships go. Um, when they come up. So you start a project and you as a developer who's alone might have a better sense of the project to know which one to use. But you as a developer who are working for other people, they throw a lot of curveballs into the mix. And it's those curveballs that then show you that, oh crap, they need a relationship here that I might not be able to as easily do now that I'm using uh, NoSQL. But I don't know if that's true. But like you're saying, you think it, it seemed to be problematic. Is that true? Yeah, it definitely can be. I mean, it's not it, so. Uh, so let's just give you an example. Like, yeah. So let's uh, let's see. So let's just say that you have like. What's um, like? What's a good example? Um, I mean, the, the 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 difficulty that you get into is because you can have relate like you can have some relations with um, like you can have relationships in the sense that. Uh, okay, so so a no a no SQL basically is a data store in, in that you can you can store a JSON object and and that yeah. JSON object can be whatever you want it to be. Um, so uh, of course you could do, for example, you could store a JSON object that um, that in that object in the JSON you know you're yeah. you're you're storing a reference to an ID of another object yeah. either in that table or in another table. Right. Uh, so, so then you, you know, uh, so, so that's the simplest case, right. Is you know, it's coming. And so it's already stored there. And, and you um, had to do that already in this project where you had to relate to another object in another, uh, part of the database. Right. Right. But there, so there's, so there are problems with that though, because, um, it doesn't scale very well, uh, and, and, like on the fly. So for example, if you have a, if you have a million records, um, you know, in MySQL, you could say like, Hey, like, go ahead and give me, you know, like, I want all the records that are, you know, out of these million records, I want all the records from, you know, Nathan Kirschbaum's account, uh, that are set to paid or whatever. Right. And that because you have a column that you can filter off of the query on that is, is reasonable. Like it can be done. Um, you don't have a column, you, you, you know, in, in an OSQL situation. Now there are things you can do about this, which I'll talk about in a second. But if you were to have to like go loop through each of those million records yeah. to figure out like, oh, yeah. is this the one that is set to true or false? Is this the one that's set to true or false? Like it, obviously that's terribly inefficient and something you're doing something wrong if you're having to do that to do all that stuff. Um, so that's where it falls apart is where if you didn't, if you didn't, you know, obviously if you saw that there was that need for that kind of relationship early on, you can plan for it. Um, but, uh, and you know, there, you know, there are some architectural decisions you can make that will help out tremendously, but not everything is known in the beginning. And so in that case where it's suddenly like, oh, I need these records. Well, it's, it's actually cake. It's a, it's a simple query with, yeah. um, with, with MySQL, uh, with DynamoDB, uh, it's a little more complicated. So there, there are some things you can do, right? So you can, um, so you can actually set up secondary indexes where you will, um, you, you will say like, well, hey, I've got a secondary ID of some kind that relates to this other thing, and I want that to be an index. So what that yeah. means is I want to I be able to come in and, and say like, hey, the secondary ID one, two, three, 
you know, grab all records with a secondary ID of one, two, three, and it'll quickly do that. Right. Um, the downside to that with, with the, and you, you know, you can do it. It's not, it's not bad. The, the, um, the downside to that is you're essentially, uh, building up a secondary table behind the scenes. Um, that, then that, that's how dynamo works anyway, where you're, um, you know, you're, you're then it's maintaining that for you. So it's not like a lot of extra work for you, but the cost actually goes up, um, you know, and then when you're talking about with, well, this is just with Dynamo, but with right. um, with throughput, read and write throughput, that will also go up because every time you update uh, the main table, you also have to update the secondary index table. So, um, so it's not always the best option. Um, you know, typically with no SQL, what you want to you want to do is you want to you you essentially want to um, work in in such a way that your um, you're isolating, you're basically isolating the data and uh, so that you're, um, and it, and it's small enough so that you, um, so, so that you don't have to do those kinds of things, you know, like, uh, like, um, but that's hard to do. It's, it can be really hard to do. Well, maybe that's where some of the microservices play a part because you can protect the simplicity of that, um, you know, thing behind an API and then your relationships can come right. from there. But I mean, I think some of this, though, is, uh, you know, relative to our experience with NoSQL right. and, and our skill level could, as it increases, could see these things as being right. not a big deal. Right. Um, w- one thing, though, I really like about it is it's it's really easy. Um, so like I was saying before, like, you think about Laravel and it's really easy to get quickly going, but I think it, it's... It's hard to build models and then change them, and projects change. And when you're not a lone developer and you're working with other people, they change their mind. And next thing you know, a relationship or a, uh, or a data model no longer stands true, and you have to roll back a lot of stuff. You have to roll back a database, a model class, and, and these other th- ways of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So I think from a, uh, a quick out-of-the-box, like I need to crank out a proof of concept, uh, no SQL just rocks because you're like – just you're not caring about anything you're like they want this who cares it's a json object i'm going to save it and then i'm going to add a new field and not it's not a new field yeah so (laughs) well what well so there's a couple things about that one is that um you know so like what i would ask the first question i would ask is like well what are you so so when you're choosing to use that instead of MySQL yeah. or, or something else, like are the reasons you're doing that the same as the reasons um, no SQL was created in the first place, right? So 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 uh, because that's the problem is like it, it, I think in the long road in the long run you can get yourself into trouble um, because you're you're basic like so 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 I would say that like. It, it, my, my interpretation of what, why you would use a NoSQL solution basically yep. has to do with scaling. Um, it basically was created out of the need for like these mega websites um, who who have like who just have tons and yeah, tons he, of traffic. He, he, he and mentions my- that though, but it's not just about scaling, and he talks about that. It's about uh, object oriented, like thinking about your 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 um, domain design, like. Your domain is is an object that that has context, but once you throw it into a uh, 
relational database you're basically breaking up this context into yeah an but that's okay like the point is like i i don't think he was saying that i i, I actually think uh, like uh, i think it's the right tool for the right job right so so yeah. so the so the downside of the uh, of the mysql mysql database where you essentially just to paint a little bit of a picture yeah you know when you have when you have, let's say you've got all of your, the information that you need for display in memory or like you're about to render it on the page, yeah. uh, it's all there and it's like one thing and you've got it the way you want. Um, yeah. When you were, when you, if you were to store that in MySQL, that yeah. gets essentially tat, you know, uh, ripped apart and stored, you know, yeah. it could, it could be across 20 tables and different columns and blah, 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 all over the place. It's, it's kind yeah. of just blown apart. Right. Um, and so that, in that, in that sense, um, it's it's you know well he does not as efficient it, in certain he does contexts. mention it though for domain driven design that's a key point to the book he recommends the domain driven design book he's like it shows you how it really plays a a big role in helping with that mindset i over, hear you but i yeah. think this is one of those uh, my personal opinion is that this is one of those um best quote unquote best practices that is like implemented for the sake of implementing it when it's not needed and it can bite you. Right? No, no, it won't bite you. You want to know why? Cause it's a proof of concept. You throw it away. Yeah. Well, how Your many point, proof of concepts have we ever thrown away? But that's n- none. Mis- I'll answer no, that for you. None, but that's a mistake. And we're <laughs> trying to learn from that in 2016 by making it part of a done, done uh, definition. It's a proof of concept. Yeah. And you can more easily say this can't go live. It's I don't not buy it. I mean, I, I, I don't. I just like we're using a tool. Like, it really depends on your circumstances and the tools you're using. But yeah. but I'll tell you what. I can't tell you how much time I spent de- dealing with trying to get the data to do what I wanted because we weren't using MySQL. And mm-hmm. um, yeah. if we were using MySQL, Laravel would it would have been like a one liner. Yeah, it would have been three minutes of my time. No, I don't disagree with you there. Laravel rocks on on that stuff, but the moment you have to roll back and like, oh, they didn't want this relationship, or now they changed their mind, this has to exist in a different way, is the moment you're taking a lot of code and, and rolling back a lot of not just migration or migrations, but just ways you dealt with the the fields and the code. I mean. You know, in inside of in inside of your controllers or models or repositories, and it's yeah. like when it could have just like one of my blog posts was about why designing the front end first can actually be a benefit, and and one of the disadvantages to that idea is it's hard to to mock all the data, but if the front end's talking to a very object oriented no SQL backend, it's easy just to dump that data away and get that data so the front end can just work. Yeah, I don't have any problem with that. But, but if, if, but, it's, if it's really is just in the context of like, hey, this is just for a front end proof of concept, yeah. and I'm just going to store the data. But here. that's awesome. But, you just now signed off on now being more easily able to tell the client, great, thank you, it's yeah. done. But nah, now we have to move though? it into uh, real no, code. Because you know what? The, in that case, your no SQL database is a JSON file. Like you don't need a no SQL database. You need a JSON file, a single no. JSON file. Like no, 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 seriously. If all you're doing, if really all you're doing is powering a front end that has that no. where, where you're just a data store 
Um, you just yeah. Need a so JSON why file. would you use a JSON file? That's because it's this... a proof of concept and it's simple. Why would you set up a database if all you're doing is it's... powering a single page front end yeah. like thing that has no you know has no functionality aside from some demo stuff? Like why would you? Because sometimes you, you you it, it's not true, and I've done this before. Okay, you have a demo with JSON files. You have to have a way to dynamically get all those to say, hey, you want to get five of them? Great. Here's your five. Here's your pagination for the next five. And not have this weird moment where they're like, well, it's not updating. I'm like, well, I didn't add enough JSON files for you to go to the third set of five. It's like you you can benefit in, in five seconds from a NoSQL backend uh, to, to really work and not compromise by using... And you got to realize all databases are, are files, but yeah. they have around them... Uh, a, a domain-specific language to help interact with those that content. Okay, there's no magic. There's no in-memory. There's there's just this like understanding this layer of logic between you and the file system that helps you to query things, and and that's what you're bringing to the table. And there's plenty of Laravel, PHP, NoSQL packages to to talk to those uh, to that database and say, give me twenty, give me the next twenty. So that's when your proof of concept gets to the point where it's real and and cannot like i used to make them where i had to tell the person you can't click this one because i don't have real data for this one and i'd rather say click it and and i've seeded it and i've let you to add stuff and you can have that post put delete mentality and not care because it's really working <clears throat> which you can't do with what you're saying without a lot oh, of i could definitely work. do it with a json yeah, but, file but why you just added more work to your project. I don't think I did, but I mean, we, we could do right. an example. I, I really don't think I did, but maybe we All have right. different things in mind. It's a, it's a little arbitrary because this it's a theoretical example. Yeah, but um, but and, yeah. and it's besides yeah. the point, really, because because I I don't think that that's I you know so like it's great that you'd like to you know that you're using. NoSQL databases for this proof of concept work because it's easy, yeah. and I don't yeah. really have any problems with that in in theory. The point is that that's not what NoSQL was made for. Uh, I disagree with no, you. NoSQL was made to solve very specific problems. But he even talks about in 1990 uh, talking about an object oriented database like NoSQL before it was NoSQL, right? I mean, it and that didn't take off. That well, that's just off. timing. I mean, you didn't have Twitter hashtag to take off. You know? Well, no, the reason it didn't take off, that's not, that doesn't have any Okay, what was his hashtag. reason? It's because um, it needed, like, uh, it turns out that in addition to MySQL being a transactional database, mm-hmm. it also is an integration database, which people who are, right, right. Be, which people who are okay. using systems um, that would uh, use the keys. That would, that. Well, that would use an object database, an object store database. Also, happen to need have a need for these these kind of um, these kind of uh, integration databases because they usually have many systems that are, and they're moving data from one to another, um, and it just so happens that MySQL rocks at that, and so um, that was what he. Well, that's it, the reason he believes that the that the uh, yeah. the object database never took off. Yeah, well, MySQL doesn't rock at at uh, at. Um, I mean, it was basically being used in a way that I don't think... Uh, well, I, I, just to not get stuck there, I remember what you're talking about now, and he does mention that's one of the reasons why it didn't take off. But I don't think... I, I don't agree with you that NoSQL was just about scaling. I think it had other advantages, including not getting so tied to the relationship aspect of a database. Well, that's why uh, it to, scales. To domain-driven model. That's why yeah, it but, scales. <laughs> but, but the consequence isn't the cause. 
So by chance, it happens to scale well, but that's not the only reason well, behind it. I think that the fee- the first meeting, I could be wrong on this, but I think the first meeting they had to figure this out. So like the major problem with, with MySQL is that it doesn't, like MySQL It's likes, hard to separate on different servers right. and make it scale that way without just throwing tons of um, power at, at one well, server. Well, it's not even just tons of power. I mean, it's... it's um, it's uh, what did he, what did he say? I think he oh he call, called it quote unnatural acts to spread them across like it's really com- yeah. it can be done but it's really complicated and it's not natural um, and I think that's where the birth of it came from is is um, you need you know you need you basically need a way to distribute um, across uh, across a large uh, system. I mean, simplicity of design and, and scale were the I think the the two big reasons behind this. I think we're arguing a point that could go, it's a 50, 50, it's a 50, 50 argue. And we're both mm-hmm. right. Uh, in that both things are important to no SQL. Um, so in, in the simplicity is, is, is what I think you get when you, when you use it to do, um, this type of quick proof of concept work that we end up trying to do. But then like you're saying, we get stuck, you know, saying, okay, it's, it's ready. And, and they want us to go live with it. And we're like, no, no, we meant it's ready as a proof of concept. So, um, but that, that's one of the things I know benefits me in my work and I've done it before. Uh, so I feel like it, it's, it's something to really consider with no SQL is that you can just crank out and, and you can crank out a, a demo, uh, thinking about the front end, quickly adapting to their needs at the front end level. Um, that can be a lot easier in my opinion at that, uh, when you're just thinking about, Oh, they want me to add this field. Fine. I'll add it to the front end. And I don't care about the back end. Right. Oh, now they want me to remove the field? Fine. I'll remove it. And now it's removed and I don't have to think about it at the back yeah. end. I think this so. is this leads into one of the things that um that was discussed as um a, a pitfall really um and that is that there's so there's this astu- so, you know so so the, essentially the definition of a no sql database is that it's uh non-relational uh it's cluster friendly uh it's schemaless uh that it's uh, open source and that it comes out of 21st century web culture um and so what you're just talking about now is essentially the schemaless part of it yeah. and uh, the the problem that you get into there is that you know everyone touts that like oh it's schemaless you can you can put whatever you want in there it simplifies things and and yep. it's like yeah kind of but no because <laughs> yes, be- it does no no, no, no I mean it, not according not according does. to Martin Fowler I mean it does, this isn't me this, this is Martin Fowler no in so, this particular case it does there's I, nothing there's I, no I'm disadvantage not talking about your specific okay, use case so I'm talking overall? about no SQL in general. Like, okay, so what overall you know, like was a, the a typical problem that people yeah. run into yeah. is that they they they're like, hey, this is schemaless. I can throw anything I want in there, <laughs> yeah. and that's true. Except yeah. for, you know, then your system grows yeah. and you actually do have a schema. Yeah, uh, it's just course. one that you created, but that you didn't give as much you know forethought to as perhaps you should have because you could just throw anything you wanted in there. And so instead yeah. of doing what you do with 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 MySQL, where you're thinking about the schema and you're literally building yeah. the database structure, uh, instead of thinking about it that way, uh, you have you have to remember to do to do that. And if you know because yeah. you know like you have to force he- yourself to do that in the case of NoSQL because otherwise you can you can get yourself into a situation where you've got. Uh, blobs of data that are really hard to work with yeah 
Whatever. Same thing with MySQL, <laughs> yeah, dude. Whatever. You're like, you're like, oh, I built this schema for version one, but now we're up to version two, and the schema isn't right anymore, and I have to backtrack. Or, you know, I'm in proof of concept mode, and my schema was wrong because I misunderstood the business needs, right? Or the business misunderstood their needs because they just changed their mind about something huge, right? So at some point, you're right. There is a schema for both of them, but. Uh, that's just, you know, an experienced developer saying, hey, we're at version one, I'm locking down the schema, and here's the transformer class that will give the data in a way to the front end that isn't going to change without um, managing it properly, right? So, I mean, that's just like both of them can give you that problem over and over again. I mean, how many times with MySQL have I had to change uh, the structure enough to say, crap, now I'm trying to, the front end's looking for a field that doesn't exist or the back end's uh, considering a field that doesn't exist, and uh, and I have to remember to go fix that in the code too, right? So that that's just, they can both give you those problems, so. Yeah, um, I'm just saying, like, well, I guess this is where we differ anyway, like, because I, I I'm the kind of person who would, in both cases, take some time and, and, yeah. and plan it out, and, you're but the kind of person saying, that would develop that's what I'm mostly. Saying. You know, you plan not... a little and develop and figure it out as you go. Oh yeah, totally. So, so I agree we're just there. different there, and that and that's yeah. not really anything about MySQL yeah. versus NoSQL. But it, I just mention it because it's yeah. something that Martin brought up as yeah. something that enterprise folks uh, often get themselves into trouble with. So it's worth mentioning. Yeah. yeah well, those enterprise folks uh, should know better. Um, I don't know. But the point is, is uh, with what you're saying, and I agree, is in the end there is a schema. It's it's the the, the needs of the business uh, that are defining the the structure of the database, right? And and it's that consistency and that schema, that need that that you're right has to be known and um, uh, considered when dealing with either NoSQL or 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 my or uh, Postgres or MySQL, whatever. Um, so I, I agree with you there. The schema. Coming back to my original point, though, it, it's having that no concern about making a new field, relating this country field to this campaign field that makes proof of concepting wicked easy and, and just takes away that, that backtracking moment where they want to change a field and I have to go undo things in a couple of places. Now I don't. Um, so that's all. And then by the time you're ready to go live with this thing, you could sign off on that schema and turn it into um, um, whatever. You could turn it at that point into MySQL or you can turn it into and leave it at NoSQL. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, and the, I thought another good point he has was domain-driven design, how it, it can take advantage of this, too, because you're not, um, I forget the word, he, the term you use, but you're basically not abstracting out the uh, business needs in the database. It's, it's more consistent, uh, or the business model. So uh, it was interesting he brought that stuff up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, in addition to the potential uh, schema problem that he mentioned, uh, he also said that aggregate orientation isn't always a good thing. So ag- by aggregate orientation, he, he's talking about um, like the basically you're instead of instead of um, I- instead of storing these things across m- many different areas of a database, like in the case of MySQL, you're storing them in like one chunk, right? And that chunk yeah. is an aggregate. Um, and so um, 
that's not always, he says it's not always a good thing, especially if you want to slice and dice your data in different ways. So if you've yeah. got an application where you're needing to do that, you're doing, needing like, uh, you know, significant reporting or whatever, yeah. um, it gets complex. It's not that it can't be done. It just gets really complicated. So this, you know, so yeah. this isn't, I think this point is that no SQL isn't like just a, it's not a, it's certainly not a replacement for my SQL. No. Uh, he, and it's, it's yeah. used for very specific use cases yeah. um, that makes sense, you know. Um, he had that nice chart too of of the different use cases uh, yep, towards yep. the end of the video um we'll put that in the show notes because i thought that was really cool right so consistency right is also an option and, or is also an issue and updates right so in the case of a mysql database you can lock the table or there's there's different you know wrap things in transaction transactions there are ways you can handle you know, in a large distributed system, multiple people could try to be updating the same record at the same time. So how does that work? Um, you know, how, how does that work with, um, you know, with the no SQL, right. And, uh, it's tricky. Like, uh, you know, the ideal scenario is that you store your aggregates in a way where they're small enough that two people shouldn't be updating them at the same time. Um, right. That's not well, always yeah, he, possible. He was, <clears throat> yeah. He was saying, like you're saying, like maybe your system is that maybe there's only a couple of people in the system at once using the tool. Yeah. Right. Well, then there's also ways to lock it, but locking yep. it isn't a good thing in this distributed system because, um, holding that connection can really have huge performance issues. Um, and, and in addition to, uh, could potentially have some, you know, usability issues on the user side too, cause you'd be rejecting and and that might, you know, you might want to take other action besides just saying like, Oh, this was, you know, this has been updated since you last tried to, you know, since you, since, you know, since you, and you need to refresh or whatever, that's not always the best option. Um, so, you know, the, there, but there are things you can do. Um, you know, one thing you can do is, um, version stamping it. So you can, you can basically, in addition to all the other data you're storing, you have a version stamp that gets updated every time it's updated. And then, um, and and then, you know, when I post back and I try to store something, if the first thing you do is compare the version stamps, if they're not the same, you know that you, the the data has been updated since the last time you were there, uh, and then you can take action on that, and that's much more efficient than holding the connection open, obviously. Um, and then yeah. there's other things you can do, like having nice transaction boundaries, so that you can, um, uh, so that you can, uh, you know, so that you can more easily handle those types of scenarios. Yeah. Yeah, and I think those were good examples of how to deal with it or how to realize it's not the right tool for the job at that moment. Um, so you, you could, like you're saying, you couldn't, you could deal with it, but at some point, is it the, is it really being used correctly or right. ideally? You know, right? Um, but some of our projects are perfect. It's like one user or two users using the system at once. The chance of them using the same data, um, uh, uh, you know data chunk at the same time is, is less likely, you know, and so you can start to see like those situations not being an issue, you know, um, you know, versus whatever else would be an issue there. Like, uh, you know, inventory, we're both booking the same hotel room at the same time moment. Yeah. So, um, but I mean, he, you know, he has that, that image too, where he's like product catalog, MongoDB, user sessions, Redis, uh, financial data, RDBMS, uh, reporting, RDBMS. It, it's a pretty cool little chart he has for, for um, you know, what to think about for the databases to use. Mm-hmm. So, 
Cool. Um, one of the things though I would miss is I really do like Laravel's Active Record um, implementation with Eloquent, and um, we get a lot out of that. And <clears throat> everything from just wicked simple pagination to searching to just so many things. Uh, so I'd really miss that. Uh, another thing I find hard is, um, you know, I have one project where if someone updates um, uh, something, it has to uh, that it has its values have to be reflected in everything else that was related to it. So it would be one of those moments where I would have to really um, deal with uh, the the NoSQL in a way that maybe it wasn't meant to be, and therefore would cause me to be doing extra work. Right. But that wouldn't have came up uh, in this project clearly until later on when they maybe changed their mind about this particular situation Um, because it's it's definitely grown as they've seen the tool and thought about things. So so that would have killed me because I'm not sure uh, with hundreds and hundreds of records in there how I would have done with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure I could have, but I I think it would have been one of those moments where it wasn't the right decision. Right. so, so do you? So, do, what do you think overall? Do you see yourself using it more? It seems like you're still kind of at a point where you love the planning aspects that uh, relational databases uh, allow, or, or not allow, but seem to encourage. I just, I'm, I'm over the last year or so, I've become acutely aware of the fact that a lot of times um, we, as an industry, this isn't yeah. just about me or you or our team, yeah. uh, do things because they're trending or because they're the yeah. hottest, latest things. Oh, uh, and the big examples of that are, I mean, you can use little ones too, like the, 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 the repository pattern, right? Like, or, or the, oh, yeah, or the, yeah. or the, um, or, or, or using like contracts for everything. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, sure. Are the, are those technically textbook, the right things to do? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, do they, do they, but I guess the plan is what are the, what is the goal? Because do those, do doing, do, do abstract, do, do, uh, you know, are making all those abstractions and implementing and, and making your app more complex and yeah. harder for other users to, right, right, or for other right, developers right, really to join you? It. Is that really doing what you, is that really, are you getting the bang for your buck there just in case your app happens to turn into yeah. Facebook? So what you're saying I don't is these think trends so. can be, you're saying no SQL, it, it can be used by mistake because it's trendy? Yeah. I, I, and I don't know. I mean, like I have to, I also have to recognize the fact that uh, I don't, I'm not an expert on no SQL and I'm just yeah. l- starting to learn about it. So I, I, you know, take what I say with a grain of salt, but at least for me, I'm hesitant, like based on the fact that uh, we can do. We, we're working with a framework like Laravel, yeah. where where I, I mean, you could you could come up with any almost any schema structure uh, you could imagine, and I could have that darn thing in place in twenty minutes because uh, because I've done it a hundred times, and and there's a, a very fluent and quick workflow yeah. to make it happen in Laravel, and so uh, you know, just to me to me, um, I need to see like. I would want to understand the technical reasons that we're making that decision. And I, and it's just, uh, it's not as clear to me. I mean, I think it is like your use case where it's like, Hey, it's just like a one-off proof of concept thing. And it's easier to do than a JSON file. Hey, if that's true, totally. Like I'm, I'm with you. I'm on board a hundred percent there. Like, you know, that, that, that if, if that really is saving you time and is making it easy to get that front end proof of concept in your client's hand to get feedback on it, then yeah. awesome, do it. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like, I mean, I can tell you right now, we've, we've spent, you know, we're working, I'm working on a project that's like 
oh, over a year in the making. And yeah. we are yeah. in the process now of reverting. And this isn't my decision. So it's not like I have something against no SQL. It's, yeah. it's, it's, we are in the process of, of, of basically, uh, so, so in the long run, we will actually store things in a in a in a in a Dynamo database, no SQL, um, yeah. because once all the processing is done from multiple workers and multiple services, oh, yeah. it's actually yeah. a great storage, and it's and we and when we actually get the data, we do just need it in a blob. But there's this whole transitional period that's like ten minutes long, but it happens, you know, it happens to be that like you know twenty different workers are working oh, on yeah. different components of this thing at the same time, and yeah. so during that period, we're running into like absolutely insane throughput read and write issues that are really costly i mean you know thousands of dollars a month costly and um and and what we're doing right now is reverting back to mysql for that part of the process and then we're just going to dump it in at the end right um yeah and so you know yeah so so anyway i i I don't know it well enough to be i don't i don't know all the use cases well enough to be to be able to say like um that that what you know that, that it's that it shouldn't be used or should be used in certain circumstances. But what I can say personally is that like, well, uh, I, I would want to be sure or certain that the reasons I'm using it on a project are for one of like the clear stated reasons, uh, that, that, you know, and, and maybe, you know, I'm sure Martin Fowler's not the sole, uh, <laughs> no, the, the, the no. sole opinion on this that matters yeah. in the world. Uh, so there's a lot more research that I need to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, that, so I don't know. That's my take. Yep. All right. Um, you ever play with the mean uh, framework? No, I haven't. Yeah, it's, it's it's a fun one. It's a good example of how quickly you can be to build this stuff. Um, and they use Mongo, so just it's a, it was an interesting experience using that. Yeah. Um, which is why I come back to the the the, the proof of concept uh, aspects to it too. Um, but okay, I mean that's cool. Uh, overall, then it seems like uh, we walk away learning a lot from this video. Uh, yeah. We have a good sense of NoSQL, where it came from, some of the advantages and disadvantages. Uh, and, you know, I think for me, yeah, I, I definitely feel better about uh, using it because, um, uh, you know, I just see s- s- how how to put it in its place. And I think he said it it's, it's a, actually becomes a poly. I forget the way he said it exactly, but a polyglot. Uh, it, there's never going to be one or the other in the long run. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, you, you can use them both. Uh, in a project, you can use you know one in a project and one in a microservice of the project. Right. Uh, so there's so many ways to look at this stuff. Um, totally. So yeah, so that's cool. All right, I guess that will uh, you know put that video down. Um, yeah. And we'll tackle another one next next time. Yeah. Thanks all for listening, and uh, we'll 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 talk to you soon.